Pam Fusilli joins us. It's uh, nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you, John. Tell me about your grandfather, John Paley Parrish, a man you never knew, but who you have spent a good long time sort of trying to recreate his life. Yeah, I've always been a history buff. And so growing up, you know, he died a couple of years before I was born. So, and my sister's younger than I am. So neither of us ever met our grandfather, but through my grandmother and through my mom's stories and the memorabilia and the things that they had of his from his time in military service, we really learned you know, a little bit about him and what he went through when he was a prisoner of war and what we figure was the impact on his life after he came back. He signed up at the age of 27. I'm so used to stories of men who were 18, 19 years mm -hmm. old when they got into the service. So he was already, if we can speak like our parents, he was already a man. He was. He was definitely older than your normal man who was going to sign up for the war. He decided one day he, uh, that he was going to go and sign up. Um, apparently, he didn't tell my grandmother uh, and came home and uh, said, I've got leave for a few days to get my affairs in order and uh, I'm shipping out. So he uh, he left a a job as a press feeder at a printing shop. You know, he'd only been married a couple of years. He must have been a very good employee because the owner of the shop said, I'll save your job for you when you come back. Um, and that is, in fact, what happened. So, you know, he he was, a, he was a, a man that had, I think, a lot of sense of responsibility. Uh, and that he was, my mom talks about him as a, a very kind man with a good sense of humor. He was part of the raid on Dieppe which is largely mm -hmm. regarded as one of the great all-time disasters for Canadian troops. Tell me about that. Yeah, he and uh, nearly 500 other Canadians landed on Blue Beach as part of the, the raid on Dieppe. And as a lot of your listeners will know, uh, they knew they were coming. It was not a surprise as it should have been. They landed on Blue Beach, which if you've ever seen the cliffs that they that are right at the beach, you know, isn't the select spot that you would say is ideal for something like this. So you kind of question why, why it happened. But he landed on the beach. And German was behind him with a gun and he went quietly is what he said. Um, that's always been the, the quote that my mom uses. He was on the beach um, very early and, you know, was taken prisoner of war and marched to the POW camp. Although uh, apparently he was one of a group of men who uh, tried to escape between the beach and the POW camp and was recaptured. He spent almost four years as a POW. Do you know much about those four years? He definitely talked about it. I know a lot of um, soldiers who went through similar kinds of experiences didn't. But he did have stories that my mom and my grandmother did pass along to us. He said, you know, he was he considered himself one of the lucky ones because he worked out, out outside on a farm for most days, although he was he was shackled for 120 days and uh, he received a whopping three hundred and ninety seven dollars and eighty cents for that after the war. But, you know, he said the German guards that he had, they were not really as enamored as war as they were. So, you know, they spent a lot of time trading cigarettes for food. 
The one thing that he never ate after he came home was turnip because he had that every single day while he was in the prisoner of war camp. I guess the other interesting story that we knew about was that his brother was captured. He was in the raid on Dieppe uh, at the same time, but he was an officer. So he's in a different part of the camp. And they did see each other a couple of times when they were there um, at the in the food line. So they got to you know wave to each other. But uh, that was all the interaction they had. So tell me the story about how you recovered the helmet of your your grandfather. Yes, it still gives me goosebumps. I started doing an ancestry family tree during the pandemic and uploaded, you know, his name and his stories along with a whole bunch of other relatives and there was uh, a woman called Jane Poulton Turvey he she is also a daughter of a Diet veteran and she has this project called Diet Blue Beach Every Man Remembered and she's trying to tell the story of every man that was in Diet so she's reaching out to their families to collect these stories and as part of our discussion she told us and was able to send us a photo that a collector in Holland had my grandmother's or my grandfather's helmet. It had his name on it, J.P. Parrish. And we just were blown away. We just could not believe the connection sort of out of the blue as it were through ancestry that we we made and she actually had been in touch with the director and curator of the museum of the royal regiment down at fort york and he was in touch with the collector and they had been talking about how did they get this helmet back to canada the collector was just thrilled that he could come and and bring it back to the family of the soldier whose helmet it was. And it was just amazing the number of things that needed to go into fall into place to be able to connect all of us. So what was it like for you and for your mom to be able to touch that object that, you know, sat upon your grandfather's head as he raided the beaches of Dieppe? It was a bit surreal. It was, it really gave us goosebumps. It was, you know, we had tears, we had laughter, we had, you know, just in awe that, that, that this turn of events had brought it home to the place where he picked up the helmet. And my mom, when we had first gone down to Fort York, um, another visit before this, had said, you know, this is the only place I know of that exists where I know my father has been. And it was just a very, interesting you know feeling to know because there isn't anywhere else that she can she can go that she knows her father has been and then to have the helmet come back there and now it's in the museum in a display on stones from the beach at Dieppe you know she just said it was it, it just made her heart sing you know that there was this sort of full circle and something that we never dreamed of having um you know or being able to touch and feel so And how do you reflect on November 11th then, you know, that you and I have grown up in a time, not necessarily of peace, we're in a bit of a mess right now, but we've never had to storm the beaches of Normandy or the beaches of Dieppe. So how do you reflect on your grandfather? Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's not an uh, an experience that we've been so. So it's it's a little hard to get your head around. You know what goes through your head of uh, you know your thoughts of okay, I need to sign up, especially at the age he was at at that point. And I don't know. Like he signed up in 1940, so it was still fairly early in the war. And you know, I think everybody feels like nothing's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to the other guy. So I don't know that he 
or any of them had, you know, any sense of what danger they were really putting themselves into until they actually got into it. So I, I reflect on, on November 11th every year. And as I say, I, you know, I love history and having that connection to, to world war two and having that personal connection. I just, I, I just can't fathom what the thought process would be to, to put yourself in that position. He is, his background is from England. So I'm sure he felt a kinship for the British and, and, you know, doing his duty, doing his service. So I wish I could talk to him and, and have that conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. Thanks for sharing, helping me share the story.